0: Hello, Ivy here. This week's podcast is entitled, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, episode 71. Here's an introduction. Which successful business out there, even the small family businesses out there, wait for their chief exec to die, before they allow the next one chosen to be chief exec is allowed to step into the role. Alternatively, the companies start to look for a new CEO and have them waiting in the wings for a few months to acclimatise and then step into the role knowing what they need to do. It is almost certain the outgoing family member will not be frail and in their 90s. Hereditary monarchies come with inherent risks along with a myriad of additional concerning factors. A separate podcast would be required to explore those. I also focus all of my podcasts on the activities of Harry and Meghan and or the actions of the British Royal Family and the impact upon Harry and Meghan. Or worse, when detritus hits the fan of the British Royal Family, their strive to be average to poor public relations team, endeavor to cling to Harry and Meghan for clickbait purposes, or even clout when it suits. We see and recognize the games on that score, and it never works with sensible people and only results in reinforcing the desperation of the UK flagship family revealing itself accidentally through the brocade curtains of the plantation. The first in line has no fear of having no experience or not possessing the range of skills that his father had at his age because he had a very able brother to do all the heavy lifting. None of the royalists appeared to worry either because no one is ever meant to leave and if you do, It is akin to trying to leave a cult. Most fail and those that have tried to leave suffer extreme mental trauma from the experience of being hunted down. And the cult members who are taken back are then watched even more. The royal family is very much the same thing although many out there refuse to admit the similarities Right now, there is another monarchy with someone who tried to get away and after a few months is now back in the fold, supposedly in a medical unit on the premises and rarely seen by even her own children. People in the UK need to open their eyes and really see what has been going on since 2016 and how it has been ramped up since 2020. Hereditary monarchies are a lottery and the people who lose when it goes wrong is the country. Just look at how the British Royal family imploded when Harry walked away and took his family with him. Look at the stresses showing on William's face since his footstool has moved. Look at the helpers who have been dusted off and polished in an effort to make them look stately and helping out. Most of the Magnificent Seven are close in age to Charles, or others are near to reaching state retirement age. None of them can read a room and I suspect that the courtiers are similar in age and definitely cannot read a room. At a time of austerity and the UK forecast to have a recession before the end of the year and increasing number of people struggling to buy food or heat their homes this winter and many retired people suffering on both fronts, now was not the time to have a four day or even a one day jubilee party by very affluent people. Celebrating someone refusing to leave her post. Out of respect for an elderly person's wishes, the propaganda machine was in full swing. For the whole country to go without essentials, being seen to be respectful to the Queen. I don't know why the family could not have celebrated in one of the properties we pay for already. And all the food and drink at such a party we pay for too. But it would be a drop in the ocean compared to what these four days of indulgence represented and the fighting and the arguing in the lead-up to it. If the workforce includes the British Royal Family, it surely does not seem like any kind of planning has been done in terms of continuity. There is still the propaganda being spouted by the media clones that Harry, leaving the working royals, has caused it to almost implode on itself. According to one media hack, he is destroying the monarchy. And Prince Charles and William have so much work to do already, they cannot take on any more. Well, if that is the case, then it begs the question, what are the rest of them doing all this time? If Harry stepping down from the institution causes the monarchy to collapse on itself, Then it speaks volumes about the lack of strategic thinking when it was decided that the Queen could just carry on until she was called elsewhere and the Cambridges could swan about for ten years. And in William's case, officially having two part-time jobs, neither of which did he apparently spend the required hours with, seems like something that looks good on paper and sounds plausible when explaining his lack of projects. Raw reporters were quoted as stating that Prince William is on a different path to Harry. So he can't undertake the volume of duties that Harry manages to to do. My perspective is it would be good to see one completed project for each of the Cambridges after 20 years. And as things stand, the UK does not even have one between them. The UK monarchy is woefully unprepared for what is imminent, and the next two decades are going to be rocky, and that is if they last that long. Lessons never sought or taken on board. The age profile of the so-called Magnificent Seven, Charles and Camilla, Princess Anne, William and Kate, Edward and Sophie, is beyond critical stage. Anne has high work figures in the annual accounts, but I never see her referred to as being part of this group of seven saviours in the media until recently. In fact, the actual outputs of the senior royals are not generally measurable. So at this stage, I'm not sure what their contribution is anyway. The British royal family is not in a healthy state. The sad thing about all of this, none of these individuals have suddenly landed on earth in the last few years. The country and its government just expected the Queen to last until she was a 100 or so. And when she was no longer with us, her eldest son, Prince Charles, would take over. As has happened, as we know. Zero thought given to the age profile of the royal family senior members over the last 40 years. A childlike assumption that when one person goes, you just plug in another one. Even if all of the seven were like top-performing executives with lots of ideas and high productivity, with measurable outputs. The fact remains that the British Royal Family is on life support and the lights are going out in terms of popularity. The age group of the support base will be visibly reducing each year, with new supporters being nowhere near enough to replace the older age groups. Entitlement and arrogance combined with lack of skill is the risk for the UK. In the conclusion of this podcast, I will outline my overriding belief as to why this British royal family and its approach to trying to cling on to power and a way of life that has existed for centuries will fail. It does not matter how many years it takes. There won't be many years to wait before the inevitable happens. And historians in the future will look back and wonder why the UK allowed this to happen. Having said that, I do believe that ultimately all monarchies will disappear from the landscape by force or choice. Until then, let us explore the journey down the Yellow Brick Road and peruse on a few raised pavestones along the way. A King of the People Despite recent polls in tabloids that have an agreement with the British royal family to present them in a positive light, take apparent results from them with a pinch of salt, particularly where one of those polling organisations has a relative who is one of the senior royals and who is in a very senior position in one of the polling organisations. That's the linkage between the two people. Never forget that the royal, the royal rotor was set up in the 70s to ensure that the British Royal Family had positive press most of the time. A modern day propaganda crew without a backdrop of war. King Charles's popularity took a huge hit over his treatment of Diana and the public have never really forgiven him for it. Charles publicly admitted that he started having an affair with Camilla Parker Bowles in 1986, while he was still married to Princess Diana. There is information floating around that the liaison occurred before Charles married Diana, but there were particular requirements of the woman that Charles would be allowed to marry. One of which was that the woman in question would have to be pure. In inverted commas, which immediately negated all of Charles's lady friends, and naturally if any were married at the time of the courtship with the Prince. Charles treated Diana very badly, some of it in the public eye, and to watch Princess Diana become less of herself as time went on, the public supported her more, and went out of their way to show her affection and, at the same time, increasingly became more critical of the then Prince Charles. The more visible and audible support that Princess Diana received on any public engagements, the more it seemed that the ego of Prince Charles was taking a continual battering. The more unhappy Princess Diana became, Came visible, very visible on occasions. The more the public let Charles know they were not amused. I remember those days, and to this day I have never, and will never, forgive him for the treatment of Princess Diana. Never. I do recognise that he has many skills and that he did not sit around waiting for the crown to be placed on his head. He did develop a range of projects, most of which are hugely successful today, and have measurable and clear outcomes each year. His eldest son and heir cannot say the same, and he equally has no redeeming factors when it comes to his marriage either. The difference is, Kate may not be happy with the state of things, but her love of becoming Queen-Consort overrides everything else. And that is also in print by one of the Royal Rota. There is no official evidence ever being produced But again, those with common sense and eyesight can see the evidence as plain as day. Kate hung around for 10 years, waiting for William to pop the question. He was visibly entertaining other women, and that was never an issue. There was a brief break up during that time, but very brief. And they soon got back together again. It seems to all thinking people that an understanding was reached and so here we are two decades later playing happy families and all is right with the world. The queen-consort role is within Kate's grasp now. Likewise the kingship is within William's grasp too. Neither one will be effective on the throne as it is all about titles and perceived power that comes with those titles. It has zero to do with outcomes that benefit the country. It has always been to secure the position as was promised to him from birth and have others do the tasks since prince harry stepped back from being the royal flunky and the target for abuse for him and his family the first in line to the throne now has spent all of his waking hours pursuing vanity projects at public expense projects that 100% aim to replicate what the sussexes have achieved and are achieving since stepping back from royal life, and becoming independently financed. Each one of the new Prince of Wales endeavours aims to repeat what his brother has done, and going as far as visiting the same places and trying to link up with elected officials, etc. It is so obvious it is cringeworthy, and worse, it has zero outcomes for the UK but everything to stroke fragile egos. In fact, the evidence is there in abundance that the treatment of the Sussexes these last four years plus has been a direct result of fragile egos of the two then heirs over the successful project outcomes of Archwell to date and the earnings of the Sussexes. All the hurdles placed in front of the Sussexes such as withdrawing security and finance did not cause the couple to return to abuse behind the gilded gates in the UK and the couple are already set for life financially alongside giving to a wide variety of charitable causes. To add salt to the wounds of the fragile egos on the plantation behind Gilded Gates, Harry and Meghan are being invited places to discuss other projects with global business leaders. The fragile egos are the ones who are inviting themselves to places. To date, none of these activities by royals are benefiting the UK in any way whatsoever. With every effort to place themselves in a high profile setting, it only serves to invite an audience to see the Royal vessel sinking further to the bottom of the virtual ocean that they bounce along with every day. The Crown, Season 5. I have never watched a second of footage from The Crown series, let alone an episode or a series. My reason for that is purely because I have never been a royalist, never. Took no interest in them from a young age. Could never see the relevance to my family or the people in our neighbourhood. My interest was suddenly heightened by the appearance of Lady Diana onto the scene. I warmed to her and could never see the attraction between these two people. I thought that Diana was flattered that a prince of the realm took an interest in her, but I am not sure I saw love at the start. Once the gutter UK tabloid press got involved, Things became what the UK tabloid press is known for, and I loved her more as a result. During the marriage, I loved to see the few seconds of footage of her and her two boys. Charles never looked certain of what he should do in a fatherly role. I may be wrong on that, but my impression, he loved them in the way that he knew love, but he was not at ease. He was playing a role of father as he thought it should be played, in my opinion. He was brought up to focus on the air and that became quite evident very quickly. I still did not see love as such. I saw duty. With Diana, I saw love for her husband eventually and I saw love pouring out everywhere from Diana for her children. Her desire to try and show them normal life outside of the palace gates was commendable and made me like her even more. The moment when she said publicly that she knew that William would be looked after because he was the heir, she would ensure that Harry knew love and that he would have extra attention, so that he never felt less than, because he was deemed the spare. Her interactions with both of her children endeared her to me, and to this day I feel a love for her, a person I never knew, but she was like family. I saw a woman go from happiness to such pain whilst in that marriage, And I will never, ever forget the treatment, all the footage of Diana speaking her truth and the lengths she went through to ensure that she got her voice out there, despite the palace machinery against her. There is a permanent database now of information that the royals will never be able to erase from history. As much as they have used their power to prevent TV networks from showing certain things, millions of people around the world know what they saw and heard, and many of those millions have receipts of such activity. On this occasion, and subsequent efforts of the palace machinery to silence the Sussexes, has been a huge fail. I understand that The Crown will be depicting many difficult moments for the Royal Family, and the fact that they have had their flunkies make so much drama and protesting about the content. Tried their best to put pressure on Netflix to remove certain elements, or at least to place a warning that this is a fictional drama. Netflix already have such a notice on every series shown so far. I understand, and they have no intention of adding any more. Despite the pressure and coercion tried to date, unlike organisations within the UK who feel that they have to bow down to royalty if they want their business in the future, they heed such warnings, or in the case of the BBC, all footage of Diana speaking her truth will never be shown again. Netflix has no such pressure and it is not beholden to any British entity, including the British Royal Family, and more than anything, all that is depicted actually happened. Even if the words of the conversations depicted are not wholly accurate, as it says in its disclaimer, it is a drama based on factual events. What the British Royal Family has done, by all the drama, whipped up before the series was even aired, it gave even more publicity to the drama series and subscriptions have increased by multiple figures for Netflix, which I am sure is not the outcome the British Royal Family was looking for. The same Royal Playbook was used for a whole week before the Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah was aired in March 2021. The Royal Rotor spent the whole seven days before the interview complaining about things that they thought the couple would talk about and were blowing smoke out of every orifice in defence of the royals, when in fact none of what they were making all this fuss about actually was spoken about on the day. All they did was reveal events and actions taken against one or both of the Sussexes at some time or another and were trying to head off that information at the pass, so to speak. Such fools. They just provided evidence for more than one potential court case in the future. It was a spectacle to see. Sheer comedy. Meanwhile, the Sussexes had provided insurance for themselves if certain things took place following the interview. No better receipt than the one the whole world has seen and footage that cannot be ordered to be removed. The record now exists. The Sussexes took their power back. So, I look forward to the news headlines each week from foreign press about each episode. I have had all UK newspapers blocked from my platform since early 2017. I have all royal reporters and all TV media people who are on the royal flunky list banned from my platforms too. I refuse to give them engagement figures for their bile and lies. Karma is working its way through all those people who have raised their career profile by hating on the Sussexes, Megan in particular. And each and every one of them is discovering an adverse impact on their livelihood subsequently, all done by their own actions. It is glorious to sit back and watch each one pinned by a dart on the dartboard of Sussex haters, all by their own actions, Karma in action. All of them, no matter how many years it takes, will meet their karma too. We supporters love to see it. We just sit back and chill and watch karma do its work. The Royals and Royal Rotor has ensured that the Crown Series 5 will be another huge success. There is a short section in the article and a much um, more detailed piece in the reference sources headed up as how the UK became one of the poorest countries in Western Europe. You will see the linkage as to why I've put that there and why that reference has been included in the list. Here's a few quotes. First one. Britain chose finance over industry, austerity over investment, and a closed economy over openness to the world. This article was written by Derek Thompson on the 25th of October this year. As I said, full report In the reference sources, another quote. The past few months have been rough for the UK. Energy prices are soaring. National inflation has breached double digits. The longest-serving British monarch has died. The shortest-serving Prime Minister has quit. Behind the lurid headlines, however, is a deeper story... Of decades-long economic dysfunction that holds lessons for the future. Britain is pretty poor for a rich place. UK living standards and wages have fallen significantly behind those of Western Europe. By some measures, in fact, real wages in the UK are lower than they were 15 years ago, and will likely be even lower next year. Today, Britain seems trapped between a left-wing aversion to growth and a right-wing aversion to openness. On the academic left, the UK has lately been home to a surging movement called degrowthism which asserts that saving the planet requires rich countries to stop seeking growth. On the right, the electorate is dominated by older voters who care more about culture wars than about competitiveness. In 2019, when Boris Johnson and the Conservative Party won a big majority in the House of Commons, Most people of working age did not vote for them. I'm pretty sure that's the first time that's ever happened. You have this post-economic, older, economically insulated voting bloc that could afford to be anti-growth almost as a luxury because they don't have to care about economic outcomes. End of quote. The UK... Is now an object lesson for other countries dealing with a dark triad of deindustrialisation, degrowth and denigration of foreigners. Having offshored industry in favour of finance, its, econ- its economy wasn't resilient. The resulting erosion in living standards made the public desperate for something to blame. Blame-seeking Conservatives spotted bogeymen abroad. Brexit cut off the economy from further growth and set the stage for a rolling political circus. Conclusions My thoughts why I will never believe anything verbally stated or implied by any member of the British Royal Family. The British Royal Family is forever tainted now with the treatment of Meghan and Harry. Harry has been abused all his life as the spare in the popularity lineup that is always employed in hereditary monarchies. And then the family and the firm turned all the big guns in his direction and tried to blast Harry out of the metaphorical water of real life. Because he dared to love someone more than the firm and that someone was a person of colour. So the audacity of Harry the Blue Blood was considered a traitorous act. A traitor against the firm and white supremacy combined. The firm thought that the metaphorical blast out of the sea would somehow bring Harry's senses back to him and he would leave his wife and children to swim for themselves and he would return to the plantation behind Gilded Gates once again and resume footstool duties for his older brother and be the piñata toy for the UK tabloids, along with being the distraction story for any wrongdoings by others in the British royal family. The firm, via its friends in the media, employed private investigators to try and find dirt on Meghan. Nothing was found, but the firm were intent on finding a way to stop this relationship from growing. Megan's father was then invited into the plan to stop the wedding. And all manner of resources was thrown at the problem. To this day, the source of that funding has never come to light. But in terms of the involvement of individuals connected to the firm, some cases employed by the firm, I imagine, but I don't know the facts, that public money would most likely have contributed in some shape or form. What we do know is that the tabloids were involved in a variety of ways, and tabloid publications in the USA, owned by a certain media mogul, were also named by Meghan's father one morning on Australian TV. That footage was taken down in hours and the said person has never been invited back on that Australian TV production where he had made several appearances previously along with two of his adult children also having star treatment by the same network. The rogue guest, has not been invited back since on Australian or UK breakfast TV, which was also a regular spot for him. Of all the people who married into the UK royal family, particularly married to senior royals, all had a budget allocated for them to pay for expenses while representing the British royal family On royal engagements and tours. Only Meghan was refused such assistance. The excuse was used that there was no money left in the supplies and that perhaps Meghan could return to acting in some way. To give herself a source of income, to pay for expenses whilst undertaking royal duties. Harry was the person who let this piece of information out the bag, so it is not hearsay. Meghan paid for her own expenses, and as we all know, every visit and tour was hugely successful. Meghan was a multi-millionaire before she joined the British Royal Family, so I am not sure if they expected her to wear Primark or Walmart or similar. But not only did Meghan look like a million dollars. She had bespoke outfits made by designers in the countries that she was visiting on behalf of the Queen and had those items and all her clothes paid for out of her own money. Every outfit from designers who specialised in sustainable products. On occasion, wearing very expensive garments and shoes that Meghan already owned. He did not stop the UK tabloids reporting on every item of clothing and jewellery on these royal duties and always quoting the price, implying that too much of public funds was being used in this way, and all the time with them knowing Meghan did not receive one dime from the monarchy funds all part of building the level of dislike and then hatred for a person they did not want in their family. It is on record and on film that something took place on the evening of the wedding between Meghan and Harry, an incident against Meghan, but no reporter is allowed to write about it, due to legal reasons. The media person who said all of this on camera said that if the public knew what had happened they would fully understand why the Sussexes were justified in leaving the UK. All adds up to the conclusion that even on that day away from cameras, Meghan was not welcomed Into that family. Only a senior royal is protected in this way, so that immediately narrows down the field as to who did what to Meghan on that day. One day, truth will come out. Meghan had suicidal ideation by the time she was pregnant with her first child and was refused help from the Royal Human Resources team because it was said it would look bad for the British royal family. It was also said that Meghan was not an employee either, so she could not be helped via that route. So she was not a member of the family because she had no funds allocated for her like everybody else that was married in. And now you've got HR saying they couldn't. Um, sought out medical intervention because it would look bad for the family and they couldn't choose the route of employee because Meghan was not employed by the royals. Assistance was eventually provided by someone recommended by the Spencer family. Withdrawing security and funding when the Sussex family were in Canada and then informing tabloids of their location will never be something that can be justified. Doing the same thing again when the Sussexes were living in a Tyler Perry property in California and tabloids were once again in the area can never be justified. The family purchased their own home eventually in California which should be a clear enough message that the Sussexes were in their new home that they owned and therefore would not be returning to the UK as their full-time residence. The UK tabloids never let up, and when Meghan and Harry suffered a miscarriage, the reporting by UK tabloids reached a new low. I will never, ever forgive the few headlines I saw on social media, and as some people showed screenshots of some of the paragraphs from articles. Absolutely gut-wrenching. As someone who experienced a miscarriage many years ago, even I found new depths in which I consider the UK tabloid garbage personnel reside. I did a podcast on that sub- on that topic. And it took three attempts before I could publish my thoughts. I consider them to be trash and anything demise or suffering that any of them experience in years to come. It will be just a moment of discomfort compared to what they all did and feel that they continue to do to Meghan in particular, for the coming years. But, Royal Reporters, you are all wrong. History will show the outcome of the approach taken by the British Royal Family and UK tabloids by the Invisible Contract. And both entities will cease to exist in decades to come. The excuse before that was that they were UK taxpayer funded and therefore merited the scrutiny. Now the Sussexes are no longer taxpayer funded, but the family and its tabloids still pursue them and incite hatred in a variety of ways. That has been spoken about before. I have no need to repeat those various methods, but one day they will come to light in a different setting, and it won't be from any squad member. One Royal Rota reporter is in print recently as saying that despite their original protestations that they would stop reporting on the Sussexes post-April 2021, They have continued because writing on the Sussexes is, and to quote, gold, end of quote, for them. Clearly, as the rest of the British royal family barely appear in the press each week, and certainly do not appear every day, the Sussexes reach double figures a day for each tabloid. No wonder... The reporter in question admitted in print that the Sussexes were gold to them. More money is made from writing about Harry and Meghan than any other member of the British royal family who are, in fact, tax funded. Meghan and Harry are independently funded and their articles are full of hate inciting bile and the comment sections of each tabloid is a haven for toxic, racist comments, which are left to stand. This too will come back to haunt you all, i.e. UK media, even if you remove them now. So, with just a few examples above, to reinforce my views on the British Royal Family, Until, or unless, you were to put all those wrongs above right, and some cannot be excused by erasure. Until Harry and Meghan and their children are treated with respect as regular members of the British Royal Family, without having to live amongst you to be abused at will in the future, Until you make an effort to understand the mistakes you made and change your approach to interactions with people of colour, you will all stagnate in your stale, dehydrated environment which you all occupy and feel privileged and safe to do so, when in fact the future of the monarchy is not secure. Whether you take two years to visit all the Commonwealth, as stated in recently on UK news programmes, without the backdrop of all the above points mentioned in this conclusion, less and less people will be interested. No charm offensive can erase the fact that the first person of colour to enter the royal family was handed out of the UK with the British royal family's blessings. You only wanted Harry to return. The abuse of a USA citizen on UK soil for three years cannot be erased, but can be dealt with in other ways. The continued abuse of a USA citizen and her husband and family, both children have dual nationality, on USA soil cannot be erased, but can be dealt with in other ways. No conversation from anyone from any Commonwealth country can be sincere when the British royal family could not welcome and be civil to the first person of colour to enter the family. No smile or false charm initiative will work. The master and slave mentality was used on Harry and Meghan and no doubt an attempt will be tried on the Commonwealth nations. Let me tell you, The British Royal Family is about to go through some things. There is no member of that seven senior royals group that I consider a friend of any person of colour. So anything spoken by any of them to any ethnic group of colour will be seen as insincere because there is nothing to back it up. All you use is words. And a quote from James Baldwin, which is apt on that last point. I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. You are sinking in the sea of hatred created by the British Royal Family and its tabloid pals. You may think you are safe because you are in a metaphorical submarine. It may even be a yellow one, made famous by the English group The Beatles. You may stay below the surface for a while because it is safer to be out of sight And let others take the blows on your behalf for a while. However, even a submarine has to surface and face the difficulties, not least because you will be running out of air, sitting at the bottom of the sea. And my last quote, not a quote, these are my thoughts, my last thought in the conclusion, is this. I think you will find over the coming years the lifespan of a UK monarchy will come to an end. The heir apparent is definitely not going to save it. He will be more concerned about saving himself. The saying, you reap what you sow comes to mind. That's the end of this week's podcast. Speak to you all in the comments as usual. So it's bye from me. Bye from Ivy. Bye.